Barney and Friends. Barney Simon. Jacaranda FM. Once a year for jobs well done in the industry, right? Like anything, well recorded, well engineered, well sung, best record, you know. And um, I think it's a bit odd when you're doing spiritual things and you're being awarded for being, he's the most spiritual. <laughs> but anyway, it's another conversation. The industry had awards and uh, that very first year we were there, we were nominated for Rock Album of the Year, which was quite a nice one to be nominated for because we weren't pop or you know, the, you know, the most gospel or churchy. It was a rock thing. Mm. And uh, we, so we went to this award ceremony going just for the hell of it because we thought, well, we in America, why not? Yeah. And so you can imagine our surprise when we actually won the thing. And we walked up on stage with this glittering ceremony with all these major stars. And we walk up and uh, I, I, was, I was meant to talk because I'm the singer, right? But Daryl, the drummer, he's from the bluff and you don't mess with the bluff. <laughs> he grabs the mic and blurts out to this very, very stunned American audience. We're from Durban and South Africa's taking over the world. It's no. going to be amazing. No. <laughs> it was awesome. Daryl, Daryl rules. <laughs> I, I think, and, and I'm sure, obviously, the South Africans in the audience, <laughs> you know, they must have had a good laugh. They all went, oh my <laughs> That's not on YouTube, eh? Thank goodness. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and do you still speak to him? Yeah, we see he's still in the band. He, <laughs> Just lay, he always laughs at it every time. <laughs> so, so who still lives in Nashville? Because one of the members uh, now, now live in Canada as well. And they got a yeah. So Daryl eventually married a Canadian photographer. He lives in Canada. And he's freezing nine tenths of the year. Mm. <laughs> This deep in snow, and then the, the, the bass player uh, Daniel, who we took on just before the third record, he's actually a Capetonian guy, and his his dad is the lead singer from Hawk. Remember that band, Hawk? Mm. Dave Ornelas. Uh, I never knew about him until later, but apparently Hawk was a big deal in, in the seventies, and just a, this, the first band that did all this cross cultural stuff, amazing. And Daniel is his son, and he stayed in Nashville with his wife and kids, and so he's so there's three of us in three different continents now. You know. We're going to chat about uh, the decision that you had to make to come back to South Africa. You brought out a solo, uh, one album, huh? Two. Two. Yeah. You, you, you haven't been back for so long, that's why. But John came back to South Africa, and I remember he launched his uh, uh, solo album, and uh, I was there on the night, and uh, I've still got the CD here. Let me just – it says, Barney, you might actually like this one. <laughs> From John at the uh, CD come out. Was this the first one? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's an amazing album. And oh, radio sort of got behind it. But, uh, sort you know, of. Yeah, I, I expected radio stations to really go because it was a brilliant album. But that's the guy from 363. Yeah, he's from 363 and they're famous. <laughs> so uh, he has to pay his dues again yeah, in yeah. South Africa. So we're going to talk about uh, the moment uh, when you guys decided to split up. And we'll just take a sort of a break. And you came back to South Africa in just a moment. One of your favorite South African bands, Evoid Now. Why? Oh, yes. Um, in 1985, this particular song came out. Was it, am I right? Uh, mm -hmm. Taxi Man. Taxi Man. And it was included on one of the pop shop compilation records. Oh, the vinyl. Yeah. With the lovely ladies on the cover. No, no, that's Springbok. Oh, so, oh you got those yeah, as well. Oh, no, no. This was the pop shop ones, and it, it was a red one, and it had whatever the Culture Club song was, and it had this song on it. And I, I just I just loved the song. I had, didn't really even know as a young fan that they were even South African. I just loved the song. Because they had a nice crossover yeah. sound, you know what I mean? This song and Shadows and that whole first mm. record. And I, I just, just, to me, this is a, just a very, very awesome song. <laughs> hey, uh. 
Well, they were amazing when they came to South Africa. They did the uh, barnyard tour of South oh, wow. Africa, and it took us about, I think, 20 years to get the boys back. <laughs> and they went on that stage, and uh, wow, man. Okay, they didn't wear the makeup and the stuff. They had suits on, <laughs> but uh, amazing. So, uh, yeah, as you said, when you heard that song for the first time, it was, if you listen to that whole album, all, all the greatest hits on that album, that song stood out. That I, to this day, I mean, it still sounds as fresh as it did. It's such an original sounding idea. I, mm. I wish... I wish they'd gone so much further than they could have, mm. but it was a bad time. In South no, they went to, went to the UK, yeah. and there wasn't a market for that kind of yeah. music, so yeah. you know they moved there. They couldn't actually come back again. So, yeah. and they're doing very well there. I don't think right. uh, they're still involved with music, but oh, okay. um, yeah, lecturers and things oh, like what? that, and kids, and but, uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, okay, so you guys decided. I mean, how many albums did you release as Three Sixty Three before you decided? Oh, enough yes. now. Uh, we finally ended up with six, and. Uh, the fourth one was quite a big hit, and there were two more, and the last one was the last album part of our record deal. And the record label was, said, was saying to us, so do you want to re-sign with us? And at that point, I knew I needed a break, so I said no. And then as soon as the, so as soon as the record came out, they, they just literally dropped it off at the, at the, at the record store, mm. like with the rec- motors running, opened the boot, shoved the CDs at the door, and rubble. And this album sank like a stone, and it's, and it's a pity because we, we were proud of that last record. Uh, and then there, then there was this long break, and uh, here we are. <laughs> so what happened as well, uh, you know, the spiritual side of the band? Uh, yeah. and there must have been a stage in your life uh, uh, where you just sat down one night and said, I don't know, you know, uh, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Uh, am I just following the trend or yeah, just yeah. following people around? I don't know who I am anymore because of the fame and uh, every night on the road and yeah. it's, you know, uh, if you want to, I know it's personal, but, um, you know, I think a lot of people would like to hear your side yeah, of the story. No, totally. Um, uh, the, the truth is um, the, the difference between the Christian music scene and the mainstream scene is that the mainstream thing you can do it, if you sign to a big label, you do a record and a major tour that lasts 18 months, maybe two years, and then you take a two-year break to write the next thing and just become human again. But the Christian thing never really ends. It's it's a continuous cycle that, that never stops. I mean, there's certain times of the year you tour and not tour, but generally you're always on the road. And then you add wives and marriages and kids to that, mm-hmm. and before long you don't know who you are. <laughs> and uh, we spent years and years in airports and bus terminals. And you know, we were in those big tour buses. It was comfy, but it was you're still in hotels and you're on the road. You don't know, and, you, and you're in a foreign country all the time. And it, it messes with your psyche a bit. If you, you have to be a certain kind of guy to just go and be a road dog. And, and we became road dogs for a long time. But uh, there was a time where I just needed, for a bunch of reasons, not just the music thing, I just needed to take some time off, like mm-hmm. well, sabbatical, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, 2007, at the end of 07, maybe start of 08, I said, hey, let's take some time out. And uh, I thought maybe a year or so just to figure it out. And, s- and suddenly it was seven years later. <laughs> but you came back to Durban. Yeah, I came back to Durban because uh, I had two kids at the time and they were very young and it was time just to make some decisions about them and the way I wanted to raise them. And I felt strongly about coming back here. And I'd get these funny looks like, you came back to South Africa? Why would you do that? Because at that stage, things were starting to look a bit funky. Uh, not as much as they are now. And it was people who had left were saying, why would you go back? But we know why. This place is incredible. And we came back and we were very happy to be back. And uh, and yeah, and here we are. And um, we, we I, I moved back to Durban, and uh, kids are at school and living the the dream. <laughs> so last year, when was it? April, May. Yes. You guys got together and had a little jam. Yes. <laughs> and you know how it goes. Uh, 
the bug came back yeah. and bit you. And uh, <laughs> it, how was that? Did, you did a couple of shows in South Africa, but um, was that just a sort of a fun thing? Guys, let's go and jam a little bit. And, no, uh, you know what? what? It's actually a funny story. It, it, um, I realized in 2013 we'd never actually formally broken up. We never once ever said, hey, uh, 363 fans, it's officially over. We just kind of stopped and, and, and uh, did something and then didn't do something, and then it was just this petering out. And then uh, I did some solo records and had a good time producing other people. But 2013 came around, and I, for some reason I, I thought, actually, you know, 363 was not, not so bad. <laughs> and the legacy we had and the, these six records and then the fair, fair amount of radio play and these things we achieved in foreign countries, it's, it was quite a story. And um, I was a bit frustrated also with the fact that the mainstream scene, uh, record, uh, music industry here continually seemed to exclude 363 from the story of South African music. Because we always looked, we always because oh, those are the Christian guys. Our success wasn't legitimate, you know. I remember at some festival as a, doing a solo thing, and uh, another South African band who I won't mention had said to me, oh, "You guys weren't, you weren't, your success wasn't real. You were just playing to Christians. You, nothing, nothing of what you ever did or achieve was really legitimate because you were playing to the the choir." And that was quite that was quite hard to take because we had sweated blood for that thing, you know. Mm. Success in any genre is success, no matter if it's Christian or Islamic or Jewish or gay or straight. Or, success is success. Mm. 200,000 albums sold to Americans is 200,000 Americans. doesn't matter what religious thing they are. That's, that's still a lot of people. you know. So it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. And I thought, let's remind ourselves what Tree was for the first time in a long time. And the guys agreed. Let's, and the plan was to, to come out last year. It's, it's actually, you know what, uh, uh, tonight, a year ago, we, we did these shows. That's right. And it was a, it was meant to be a final wrap up, <laughs> put a bow on the box, and, and say, a year later, a year later, and then we did the first rehearsal, and we said we said to ourselves, "Ooh, uh, there's something, there's something still alive here. <laughs> Maybe the full stop we're putting is actually a comma." You know? <laughs> but I mean, look at uh, the Rolling Stones; they've been going for about a hundred years now. <laughs> now they're doing another tour. Yeah. I mean, ACDC is still touring. You got uh, Black Sabbath still touring, so and and also they, these bands take a break because, as you said, you got kids. Yeah. You want to look after them. They have to go to school. Mm. You have to drive. I mean, David Beckham <laughs> driving <laughs> yeah. his kids to school. He's the Uber dad. Yeah. And and also, at least your kids one day. How old are they now? Uh, my son is uh, twelve now. A nine-year-old girl. And, you know. And you spent a lot of time with them. Those are important. You know, uh, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, Dad was there for them, and they'll remember that, you know, when oh, they when they I grow. Up. So. But now Dad's going away again. You must leave when they're eighteen. <laughs> now, now, now they can come with me and carry my guitars. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we're going to take a bit of a break. Uh, have you got your guitar ready? Yes, there, you're going to do an erasure song for us. Looking forward to that. And still to come, ACDC. Yes. Who made who? One of your songs that you asked me to play. So uh, don't go away. We are until midnight. My in studio guest, John Ellis. Stay there. Barney and Friends Barney Simon